is another week and another week of football talk. We're happy to have you here this Monday, June 15th for SEC football and beyond. Got a few things to get through today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some big picture things and SEC not holding their media day, uh, but in a virtual setting, which we understood. We'll talk a little bit about the Florida signed legislations with the uh, name, image, and likeness, what it really means, the latest on COVID testing. We saw what happened at Houston. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on at Alabama, some transfer portal information of note, lots of recruiting information of note. We'll talk about uh, a few key players as Georgia have another set of dual backs, another one-two punch, maybe a surprise player you don't know as much about at Memphis. And, yes, we're going to start really breaking down these rosters and these teams in each and every conference, and obviously this being SEC and beyond. We're going to start right here, and we're going to talk about Vanderbilt today. Where is that program? How bad is it? And what the situation is with Derek Mason. So a lot to get to today. want to remind you of a couple of things. Um, 401K Generation, they bring you this podcast they bring you the pro podcast each and every day. We're just so thrilled to have them. They're licensed in all 50 states. They can help you with your financial planning, your money management issues of any kind, uh, be it 401Ks, IRAs, whatever the case may be. They can help you. Get yourself a financial checkup. That's what I always say. You Go get a medical checkup. You like to make sure that things are up-to-date and up-to-speed around the house, get yourself a medical, a, a, <laughs> medical, a financial checkup. Make sure that you're on your right track. What are your goals? What should be your goals? How much do you need to have? How much do you need to invest? What are you looking, what's your future looking like? Uh, are your needs change? Uh, all those things really important. Um. So check out um, 401K Generation. They're licensed, again, in all 50 states. They can help you regardless of what your situation is, and they're licensed in all 50 states. So give them a call. Give them a text. No obligation phone call or text, 1-866-998-5879. Give them a call today. Also, um, reminder that you can get this podcast by signing up. You can get it on LandryFootball.com. More on that in a minute, but... You can get it right to your phone each and every day. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you want to go. That's where you want to be. Um, make sure that it's coming to you each and every day. You get this podcast, which we know is a college podcast each and every day. Got a pro podcast every day. We've got some good news. We are working on improving everything regarding our podcast business. We're looking at adding new people to the mix. We've got SEC Gumbo with Blake Graffino coming up soon, probably in about a week. We'll see if we can get it done this week or not, just some final touches. But we're excited about having him. Uh, He's going to bring great talk about the SEC sports, predominantly football, but talk Everything around the SEC, lots of great chatter there. You're going to be able to see and listen to him there. So we're excited about having him on board. And we're working to get the other pieces 
around the country, conferences. Uh, so we're really excited. So check that out as we kind of grow this, as I, I move towards <clears throat> looking at um, taking this to where I'm doing just a maybe a national college show um, a couple of times a week in a national NFL show. We're, we're going to work that out, and we're going to ingrain it in over time. But uh, we want to let you know that uh, we're looking at, obviously, making that transition as smooth as we can to bring you the best information uh, all around of the college and pro game. And uh, we're really excited about that. So make sure that you sign up for Landry Football's conference call to get all of that and learn more, learn more details about um, what we are trying to do. Also, go to LandryFootball.com. You can get the podcast there. You can get the detail inside the film room analysis. But also, you can get much more details than uh, not just the film room, what's going on around the college and pro game. We've got that for you behind the paywall. We can't get to everything here, but we get to it in great detail. Roster analysis, draft boards, recruiting boards, you name it. We got it all for you. So check it out today. <clears throat> Our scouting season offer, the best one we've ever had, less than $5 a month. Give it a, a look. Try it out for a month, three months, whatever the case may be. But uh, check it out today. You're going to absolutely love it. Um, LandryFootball.com. Again, take advantage of the scouting season offer. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You know by now, and I it was inevitable, and I'm glad they officially announced it. The SEC media days are going to be in a virtual setting. I know it's popular among certain fans and media. It's really overrated uh, in, in terms of importance you can get the same thing virtually. Uh, if you create some money and excitement in a normal year, fine. But I can't think of a bigger waste of time than press conference stuff. Um, what little use there is of that can be done virtually. Uh, also, want to talk a little bit about the Florida legislation by their governor, Ron DeSantis, Signing legislation which will allow student-athletes compensation for name, image, and likeness. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. I, I do think that there's going to be some NCAA litigation. I think there'll be some congressional <coughs> involvement. I don't think this is going to end up being a case-by-case, -case, a state-by-state situation. That would be an absolute mess. Makes no sense. I think it's going to get handled universally. However it gets handled, I think that's where we're headed. Uh, updates, you saw the news on Friday that Houston basically stopped their practices because of an outbreak in positive COVID tests. tests. We know that there are quite a few. Um, well, there's an outbreak in Houston, so it makes sense that it would kind of break out on that campus. Uh, over at Alabama, they've had uh, three or four more players on top of the initial, I think, half dozen or so that tested positive. Um, you're going to hear a lot of that, and in verifying it, you know, it's always difficult, always. Look, it's going to happen, as I said before. Does it become a real big outbreak? Well, all of a sudden, you got 12, 15 players on a team. 
that's going to be interesting because if that is the case, you have to be sat down. Okay, no big deal now. Going to be a big deal come September and October. How do we deal with that? It's going to be real interesting to see. On to the news and notes of the week. Um, transfer portal news. A Tennessee redshirt sophomore offensive lineman Aaron Spell is transferred through the transfer portal. At least that's his plan. He was a former walk-on. Didn't see much action there. Uh, he's likely um, going to be able to play right away. He's likely going to go to an FCS school. Uh, former Bowling Green redshirt senior quarterback Grant Loy transferred to Auburn as a graduate, 6'5", 230. Hit the, tra- hit the transfer portal back in December. Tempted just 28 passes across his first two active years with Bowling Green. He's a former walk-on there. Um, not been real pra- impressive on tape, just the limited I've seen him. I don't know really other than just a uh, – camp arm and a practice arm that that he doesn't factor in to any of their depth chart situations behind Bonex. Don't see it. Alabama redshirt junior wide receiver Jadarius Townsend has entered the transfer portal. Of course, the depth at receivers, the recruiting at receiver, the guys returning back at receiver. We had a couple of those guys kind of move on. Uh, The redshirt junior struggled to mount any sort of depth chart charge since he's been in Tuscaloosa. Um, so um, he's kind of moving on, and we'll see where he's going to go. Uh, and, of course, uh, Tyrell Shavers has transferred to Mississippi State, the former Alabama redshirt junior receiver, the 6'6", 205-pound guy, former four-star recruit, same class as Judy and Ruggs and Devontae Smith. Uh, things just never came together for him. Uh, not much production there. Uh, with their four-wide receiver set, he's going to play outside receiver, could play a big slot. He's going to have a lot of easy catches, easy touches in that area at offense. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, he joins him as a graduate transfer, so he's able to play immediately this year with two years of eligibility. He was an early transfer in that that uh, Judy Ruggs Smith class. <clears throat> uh, over in recruiting, uncommitted four-star safety J.D. Coffey is going to announce his commitment today down to four schools, uh, Oregon, Washington, Texas and LSU. Um, Texas is the clear favorite. Um, six foot, 180 pound safety, a top 10 safety in this 2020 class, a top 30 player in the state of Texas. So we'll keep you up to date on Monday at LandryFootball.com um, and certainly have the news for you on Tuesday's show. But if not, certainly catch it uh, up on uh, LandryFootball.com uh, to see if he does. Uh, commit to Texas, or if there is a surprise. Three-star defensive back Dakota Mitchell has decommitted from LSU. Um, He's a a good-looking kid that actually looks a little bit better than a three-star guy. Um, No, Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Auburn are all recruiting him. He's still considering LSU, but he's opened up his recruitment and he's decommitted uh, more on LSU's uh, big recruiting commitment from this week. Arkansas getting a verbal from four-star running back A.J. Green. Place corner is a top um, ten player in his position. Um, I think can play corner, but he's going to Arkansas to play uh, running back. Oklahoma, LSU, Michigan, Texas was all in the mix. He was always considered a strong Arkansas lead. 
He's got good bursts. He's got some ability to get it onto the second level now. This is 11 commitments for Arkansas. Not a lot of um, green to me, you know, is a true four-star guy. He's the first four-star guy that they've got, the biggest playmaker they've got in their class. So impressive there. They also got a commitment from three-star quarterback Lucas Coley. Uh, Louisville, Illinois, Virginia Tech, Washington State, Vanderbilt, the other schools that were in the mix with the 6'1", 205-pound quarterback. Again, much like Green, always been in Arkansas lean. Now it's official. A dual-threat quarterback. He can really make plays with his legs. He's a top-30 player as a dual-threat guy, and he's the second quarterback to commit to the class, uh, including another dual-threat quarterback, Landon Rogers, three-star kid. Tells you where, what they're thinking about in terms of their offense for the future. Alabama getting into the mix with a five-star commitment. Got a verbal commitment from five-star tackle J.C. Latham. Uh, the first five-star commitment of this 2021 class. Uh, probably not going to be the last. 6'6", 310-pounder. It's played on defense. Got the frame. Got good athleticism. Lots of potential on the offensive line. Penn State, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, the schools that the tide is beaten out for him, at least for his verbal. Went to IMG Academy, is a um, top five prospect in this class. Best tackle and best player in the state of Florida. So big time verbal from Alabama. And LSU getting into the quarterback business and working it hard. Now got their quarterback for the 2022 class. Uh, Walker Howard, cannot believe Jamie Howard's got a son this age. My goodness, I was uh, leaving LSU, getting into the NFL when Jamie Howard was a recruit we signed at LSU. He now has a son. Walker is going to be a junior this year and is going to be a in the class of 2022. Um, uh, again, was always considered to be an LSU guy um, from Lafayette. And a really high football IQ kid. So curious to see uh, how this will uh, develop over uh, over the time. But doesn't look like there will be any wavering there. It's the reason for his early commitment because he was a LSU guy uh, and only an LSU guy. Also, LSU still in the mix, although I think Nebraska is the favorite for 2021. Uh, four-star tight end Thomas Fidon, uh, 6'5", 220. Michigan, Iowa, Alabama, Texas were also in the mix. He's from Council Bluffs, Iowa. And it's Nebraska's to lose and think he's going to end up going to Nebraska. We shall see. LSU's certainly in the mix. Ole Miss has got a verbal from three-star cornerback DeMarco Williams, 5'10", 165-pounder. Florida State pit to the other schools that were in on him. From Atlanta, he has yet, not yet visited Oxford. He is planning on doing so once the dead period is over. He is a top 70 prospect overall in the state of Georgia for the 2021 cycle. Like his versatility, like his ball skills, like his aggressiveness, I think he is a good player, a high-level three-star trending towards a four-star guy. South Carolina gets a verbal from three-star running back Caleb McDowell. Committed to NC State in April only to back off that pledge now going to South Carolina, 5'10", 170-pounder. Um, uh, a little bit late on. Didn't offer him um, to, to uh, mid-May. The Leesville, Georgia native, not been highly recruited by Georgia. Uh, dynamic backs. Got um, 
Really good playmaking ability. Runs with a little bit more power and lean and strength than his 175-pound weight would indicate. He's a top 75 prospect in the Fertile Ridge State of Georgia. And then, finally, Mississippi State early last week, or you know, the early part of last week, received a verbal from three-star Juco linebacker uh, Navanke Strong, plays at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and um, Colorado, South Carolina, Washington State, Ole Miss, one of the top inside uh, linebackers in the Juco ranks, um, really good-looking player, 6'1", 230, can really run uh, and could immediately be a contributor for the 2021 class. We open up the scouting notebook. We're going to talk a little bit about Vanderbilt, but I want to mention a couple of guys, a couple of things that just kind of I made note of that I wanted to bring out. Memphis senior Pop Williams with that knee is expected to, you know, he's doing well and is expected to have an expanded role in 2020, primarily played on special teams in his first 31 games with the Tigers and was ruled out for the season after he suffered the season-ending knee injury in September. Um, against South Alabama, Demonte Coxey is back um, and will most assuredly be the top target for Brady White in 2020. That being said, the depth behind Coxey isn't great, and Williams should see that expanded role as long as he's healthy to play. I'm excited to watch him remember the name Pop Williams. Georgia, um, lots of talk about where they're going to go, a new quarterback and throwing it, running it, good defense. To not forget that there's still going to be a run-focused team. And what do they have? James Cook, Jr., Zamir White, sophomore. Um, well, could be, um, you know, Nick Chubb and, you know, uh, the dual running backs that they've had. Cook and White both played behind Swift and Heron last year. It's a good time to bring out the fact that the Georgia back running, running back runs have been some of the best. New offense coordinator Todd Munkin should be able to figure out a way to use both of these guys, especially in the passing game, uh, something the other coordinators cannot figure out. So who can become the bell call? Who become the lead dog? Don't know. But the dogs, again, have a duel that's pretty, pretty impressive, and I'm excited to watch this year. All right, let's get into some Vanderbilt talk, shall we? What do we – where are we with Vanderbilt? Well – Let's look at some things in detail. It's um, First of all, it's been a lack of commitment administratively. Obviously, they made an athletic director change recently because the new athletic director that they hired may not have been the right fit, but wanted to do some more, wanted to branch out and do more things and spend more money on the athletic department. It's not something that Vanderbilt's doing. And as I get into discussions about Derek Mason and his future, Let's keep in mind that no coach is going to have success at Vanderbilt unless they make a certain level of commitment. Now, James Franklin was able to push the envelope and get certain things done there financially that others have not. And that's, you know, that's the reason why he had success and deserves a lot of credit for that. You got to go there and, excuse me, you got to be able to sell your administration why it's important and how to do it. And you have to be willing to stretch the dollar a little bit further. Can Derek Mason do that? Is he the best foot fit? Probably not. 
But to point the finger on him and say, oh, wrong coach, I don't know that there's a right coach at Vanderbilt. And, and I would say that James Franklin did something that I did not see anybody doing. I really didn't. But he did a nice job, and it is one of the best jobs I've seen, and he deserves a lot of credit for it. But I don't know that we're going to see that on a regular basis. Certainly not. So Mason's on the hot seat. He's failed to win, secure a winning season in any of the six seasons at Vanderbilt. The team saw its win total drop at six in 2018 to three in 19. And quite frankly, I, you look at that schedule, it doesn't look very good. I, I mean, Mercer is a winnable game, no doubt. But but you look at Missouri, at Kansas State. I mean, Colorado State's maybe a question mark. But, you know, there are losses up and down there. I mean, I think Louisiana Tech and Colorado State are question marks. And I think Mercer's a win. I mean, that's three wins, likely at best. If they pull an upset on somebody and win all the games they're supposed to, they win four games, It's about all they got at best. Um, they're going to have a hard time even doing that. A true freshman at quarterback likely be at the helm, inexperienced backfield, shaky offensive line, a new offensive system without an offseason. Defensively, you got 11 starters returning, but the unit gave up 31 points a game. So they're going to have to get better internally. Ted Roof does a good job of getting the most out of what you have, but what you have is not a whole lot. They don't match up personnel-wise with the teams that are in the SEC. They entered 19. What I thought, hey, a chance to be pretty good defensively with some defensive identity and a big-time receiver in Kalijah Liscom, a tight end in Jared Pinckney, and one of the better running backs in the country in Keyshawn Vaughn. And they were all coming back, so they all were experienced, and three of the best players in the country at those relative positions. Rarely can you ever say that at Vanderbilt. And nada, got nothing out of it. 0-3 start, and it was a tough early schedule. Could not do anything. Finished 1-7 in the SEC, 3-9 overall. They added six new assistants ahead of spring practice and, of course, unfortunately, not able to do anything in the spring. So what are they going to do at quarterback? Entirely new room. Ken Seals, Jeremy Musa. I mean, it, this offense is supposed to be a little bit more up-tempo. You know, it, it to me, you can run some things out of the spread, out of the shotgun. You can create a little bit of an identity. Their identity has been defense, and they've been pretty average on that. The running back, the departure of Vaughn, leaves a sizable hole, and he carried that offense at times. So they got unproven commodities there. You got Wakefield's the most seasoned guy. 
uh, Javon Marlowe, J.R. Tranrio, Kayon Brooks, just a committee of guys. I do like Cam Johnson, uh, the kid to, out of Brentwood Academy. I think he has a chance to be a go-to guy. He fits the mold of what they want to do offensively, and certainly Amir Abdul-Rahim looked sharp as a true freshman. So you've got two guys you can work with. You've got a senior in Chris Pierce, Redshirt Jr. and James Bostick, and you got you know add some size on the perimeter. Um, and Pierce shown some game-changing ability with the ball in his hands. Um, ben Bresnahan can get more reps at tight end. Justin Ball, Joe DeCourcy can fit in. But, again, drop off from what they had. Offensive line, man, did they struggle last year. They allowed 28 sacks and grading them. Yeah, they were – they really struggled there. Fourth most in the SEC. They couldn't create any – Holes in the run game for Vaughn. They've got a new offensive line coach, Peach. Um, Rosamondo has his hands full, no question about it. Redshirt sophomore Tyler Steen has plenty of football under his belt. He's the only guy there that started every game at right tackle. Grant Miller's got seven starts a year ago, including five at center. Got Bryce Bailey and Cole Clemens are going to step into more prominent roles. I just, I just don't think they match up up front in the offensive line. Uh, they've tried to do some things on the defensive front. Um, Odabingo is a is a really good player. Uh, the senior Birchmeyer is a solid player. Cameron Tidd has got some experience. Reitmeyer is a Nashville native who was a Oregon transfer. Rashawn Wilkins going to push to play. the The intriguing guys, the Florida transfer. There was a four star guy, Malik Langham. Derek Green comes over from Oklahoma, um, sat out last season. It's the one area that that I think can be, you know, got some guys that at least, not a lot of them, but a couple of them that look like SEC players. Linebackers have always been something that plays pretty well in Derek Mason's defense. Inside backer Dimitri Moore returns, good tackler. Um Candy Herbert and Felite Afamui or other guys. Um, Alston Orgy is a touted guy, can play. Andre Mintz is a vital piece on the outside. So we'll see what they can do there. The front has a chance to be decent. The secondary, boy, was that bad last year. That was the biggest thing that just stood out last year. They didn't get a lot of good play up front either, but they allowed quarterbacks an average of over eight yards per attempt. They couldn't get any pressure and they couldn't cover. They just got only six picks. They were right at the bottom of the SEC. Um, you got veteran safeties in Daly and Coppett. Uh, neither one are all that impressive. You got the the impressive freshman Donovan Coughlin from, from New Orleans, Metairie, Louisiana, that can come in and help. Uh, Max Worship and Deshaun Jenkins. We'll see their corner. Uh, Alan George was the best guy playing the ball. <coughs> Excuse me, Randall Haney and uh, sophomore B.G. Anderson's got some experience. Look, I, you know, bringing in a, um, they're going to miss the kicker, the Guay, the kicker. They've got Harrison Smith coming back at punter. Look, I, I look at this Vanderbilt situation. It looks like going back to typical Vandy. They used to have an identity on defense. They're average there. 
and they've done nothing on offense. Now they're bringing in Todd Finch as their offensive coordinator, and what he did at Louisiana Tech, they're going to be a lot of three and four wides, going to work out of the gun. They're going to try to do all the spread stuff and create run rooms. They're they're doing something different. They're not doing the profile of what he did in his at Stanford. He's getting more and more away from that. Then he brought in Ted Roof, and Ted's the the master cook that just takes the leftovers out of your refrigerator and at least gives you something that maybe tastes decently. And he did a decent job. He was at Auburn for a national title. He did a good job running the defense at Appalachian State. He can fit a scheme to talent, which, again, he's going to have to do. They're returning most of that defense. And, you know, if the defensive line, they can get some good play from a couple of young guys on the defensive line, I think the linebackers would be pretty good. And if they can get um, Kaufman to step up in the secondary, they may be a decent defense. Um, Bottom line is this. This is a bad program. It's the worst program. Arkansas may look bad. Missouri may Arkansas, Missouri, the Mississippi schools, Kentucky, they all look like you know they're not upper level SEC teams, but they do things correctly. Vanderbilt's the one sore thumb of the SEC that doesn't do anything like an SEC program. They don't recruit like it, they don't develop like it, they don't coach like it. They don't support the program like it. They don't. Which one of these do not fit? It is clearly Vanderbilt. They exist because they're a long, long, long time member predating the SEC, was a power in the SEC under Dan McGeegan. Remember this. When Alabama was trying to figure out how to build a power, they hired off a Dan McGeegan staff. Long, long time ago. They've not been relevant in football for a long time. And they've become a little bit, um, you know, full of themselves as to how they see themselves. They see themselves as superior. They facilities are awful their stadium's a dump their facility and they've got tons of money they just don't put it into football which is their prerogative don't expect results they got rid of an athletic director who i don't know if he was any good or not i know that he was trying to win they hired someone who was just a young gal i wish her well she's part of the old guard at vanderbilt which means she's going to do what they tell them to do and there's going to be no emphasis on winning, competing. No, it's just going to be do what you can and toe the line. You know, until there's a commitment to football, and that is improve that stadium, improve the facilities, uh, maybe not disregard the academic integrity at Vanderbilt, but certainly be willing. I mean, look at what Stanford and look at what Northwestern, look at what Duke have done with their facilities. Do not compare Vanderbilt to those three because they do not belong. 
There are nothing like those three. They're nothing like those three. They're not as good as Duke football. They don't look the same. They don't look the same as Stanford. They don't certainly don't look the same as Northwestern. Those programs put an emphasis on their football program, not to de-emphasize academics, but they put emphasis on it. Vanderbilt doesn't. And not only do they not do it, they're playing in the toughest league. So they are forever the doormat. They are the proverbial doormat. They are the eyesore of the neighborhood. Existing only for academic prowess. Look, I I think there's a great place for a program with the rich academic history of Vanderbilt. But there's enough money coming in from the SEC alone for them to take that money and put it in to football, to improve that stadium, to improve those facilities, to improve their outreach to that program. Their unwillingness to do that is an embarrassment. That's why they're not relevant, and they'll continue to be not relevant and probably need a more dynamic coach. They're going to need another James Franklin salesman type of guy that can sell something because they're just not buying it there. So I expect another – listen, again, three wins is all I see. It's an upset if they go to Missouri and win. It's an upset if they go to Kansas State and win. I, I think it's possible to beat Colorado State and Louisiana Tech in Nashville. Not a given. They're not going to Georgia and win. They're not going to beat Ole Miss. They're not going to Kentucky and win. They're not going to beat South Carolina. They're not going to beat Florida. They're not going to A&M and win. And the days of them beating Tennessee are over. So, good luck with a good three-win season at Vanderbilt. Win those three games and pull an upset and win a fourth game, great. We're not even discussing a fifth or a sixth win to get bowl eligible. The only thing about Derek Mason keeping his job would just be apathy. They don't care. He would have been fired if he was coaching at any other school. He wouldn't be coaching at any other school in the SEC but Vanderbilt. And he would have been fired at any other school. But because lack of interest – it's kept him alive. So we hope for the best. We expect the worst out of Vanderbilt. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll tackle somebody else next time, next week. So check it out here and check out all the more detailed film room breakdowns and roster analysis and breakdowns uh, and previews of all of these teams over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer, less than $5 a month. We'll get into a lot more details than you get here, so check it out today. Uh, also, check out 401k Generation, the experts in financial planning, the experts in money management investments. Uh, give a, give a, a no-obligation phone call or text to one 998 They're licensed in all 50 states. So 
They can help you regardless of where you're listening to this podcast. Remember to check out and sign up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you sign up for your podcast and not only get this podcast as well as the Pro Football Podcast uh, to you each and every day, but uh, exciting to be welcoming in different podcasts as well, including SEC Gumbo with Blake Rafino. So uh, that's coming up, uh, hey, matter of days now, maybe a week or so. So we appreciate you joining us. Check out LandryFootball.com. We'll talk to, flip on over, listen to our pro football show, and check us out tomorrow as we talk ACC football and beyond. I'm Chris Landry. Be safe. Talk to you next time.